Welcome to the House Church Podcast, where we talk about church as family. I'm Daniel Sands. And I'm Christy Sands, and this is the House Church Podcast. Welcome to the House Church Podcast. All right. Hey, Christy. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> I like how you laugh at me like this is all official. Um, so today we're back on the podcast. Uh, we were, we've were we been dealing with some pretty crazy stuff, so we didn't record there for a couple of times. But that's better. This is better than our last track record where we went like two years without recording. Yeah. So um, I think first thing we want to do is let everybody know the first two episodes that are up, episodes one and two, we actually did record like two years ago. <laughs> And um, so even you can probably hear the age of our children are different uh, in there. Um, but we realized just with those two episodes, people, uh, people had listened and people were reaching out to us about house church. And we wanted to get this running again because we realized we covered hardly anything uh, in there. And there are not a lot of house church podcasts out there, especially not any of people who have actually been doing it. We're at, we're at about six years in now. And not that that makes it ex- makes us experts, but it allows us to at least point to some things that we certainly didn't know before, and nobody seemed to know to tell us, <laughs> um, or very few did. Or we're doing the opposite of what we're doing. We're doing the opposite. This is one of the things we learned. We, we were getting some bad advice in some places that were like, oh, yeah, we're just not going to do that. Um, so I uh, wanted to take some time today and just talk about the things that are difficult about House Church. Um, I know that when when we first hear about house church, a lot of times people are like, this sounds like the coolest thing ever. Uh, actually, some people are like, that sounds like a cult. And then other people are like, that sounds like the coolest thing ever. And so very quickly, uh, we can get, jump into maybe an idealized view of what might happen. And we forget that, no, this this means we're still dealing with sinful people. We're still dealing with brokenness. And, there, in, and in a lot yeah. of ways, I think it's harder than traditional church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there um, there are things that are really tricky. So um, could you just kind of maybe start us off, Christy, tell us a little bit about uh, things when uh, that we've experienced that have been difficult, specifically as it relates to house church, not just ministry in general, but what kind of things would we say, yep, that was hard, and we just should acknowledge it for people that are thinking about doing this? Well, I think... We've talked about this before, but kind of detoxing from what uh, traditional church is like. So, like, the whole idea of just getting up, going to church, sitting down, and listening to a pastor preach while your kids are being taken care of. It almost feels like a date for a couple with young kids. Um, so, in that way, I think, in some ways, house, is, house church is harder. Um, I think there's some logistical things, like, you know, what do we do with the kids? What do we do if our living room is too small? Like, where are we going to meet? Mm-hmm. Um, growth has always been good, but a challenge. Obviously we want to grow, but like you get one family with a couple of kids and it could push you over your, your, you know, what's comfortable in a home in some ways. So that, that's a challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. I think people coming in and out, like people coming in with their own expectations and thinking it's going to be, you know, doing life together and some kind of like utopian whatever. And, quickly they find out it's not like that or you come to church and you had to take care of your child the whole time because they were having a hard day or whatever so 
and then they leave. And so you can get something going really well, and then it has to shut down in a couple of months because people thought it was going to be something else. That's maybe the best thing for us to start off on is the the expectations that people have spoken or not spoken when they first come to house church and that would include even as a house church planter as a as an elder as a le- as a leader in the church um those expectations themselves can create a lot of problems mm-hmm. um and they're not necessarily bad expectations no but just thinking that it's going to happen a certain way um well, and then we're yeah. we're gonna move into like talking about being family together and how mm. in our families we have a lot of different personalities, yeah. and so sometimes you go in with your expectations, but you're met with different kinds of personalities or different giftings or different needs, different you know places in your own sanctification, and hmm. um, it can be challenging. Yeah. Um, so you've rightly pointed out something that I think is is worth us kicking off on, and that's the the way that people view house church and everybody has so many different views of it and they're not necessarily biblical and so so many times people are like well i've got burned in my regular church we've talked about this before and people might show up in rebellion or they might just show up with an idealized rose-colored glasses of finally i'm going to be in the right kind of church and everything's going to be okay now when in reality What we're, what's happening in house churches, we're, we're seeking to be biblical. We're still dealing with broken people. We're still sinners. And so maybe the first thing that it's worth, you know, maybe bringing up is one of the hard things about house church is that people are sinners. And we are dealing with people who are um, broken, people who uh, many of them might not even be Christians necessarily showing up. You might have people who have not repented and believed the gospel. Uh, and then you still have Christians who are not perfectly sanctified yet. There is going to be brokenness. And so... Um, well, and I would say, I think there a lot of people are coming out of church hurt. And that's yes. why they're looking for yeah. a different kind of church. So even even when it's not a rebellion or anything like that, it's still there's still suffering there's still wounds to be cared for so if there's a passage there's so many i think i've we've talked on here before about the idea of the um what we call the one another's that come up in scripture all the time and so as we're talking about expectations of house church we could address a lot of things but i wanted to read from philippians 2 here because it sets the stage for all the rest of this philippians 2 Uh, Verse 1 says, If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Uh, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. And then he says, have this mind among, uh, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So though he was in the form of God, did not count, count equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Um, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So the reason why I'm bringing this up no matter how you cut it in house church, and really it should be in any church, we are dealing with people who we have to serve as if they are greater than us. 
And if I enter into this mindset that finally I'm going to get what I want out of church, it's completely opposite. Now, hopefully you will get good things out of brothers and sisters in Christ, and that's hope. I mean, that's good. But all this has to begin with I'm, I'm, I'm here to serve someone else when I show up. And yeah, your face is cringing because it's like, yeah, this kind of sucks sometimes. That's hard. It is hard. And sometimes you're showing up because you have been wounded and you actually do need to be cared for. And that's, that's okay, but we are still acknowledging that like, yeah, I'm here ultimately to be formed in the image of Christ. And part of that is I'm going to serve like he did. (sighs) Yeah. So suck it up, buttercup. That's not what I'm going for. (laughs) That is not what I'm going for. Um, Although I might say that to some. I I think saying all that, it's better to enter in with this mindset. And I think it's interesting. Paul, when he's writing the Philippians, he's like, if you're going to make my joy complete, do this. Like, humble yourselves and care for one another. And so that's kind of we're beginning this conversation by saying, like, man, I'm supposed to be serving others. So one of the first things we said that makes house church so difficult at times is that people are sinners. And I, you know, when I could just sit in a church sneak out during the last song and never had to deal with anybody i really didn't have to deal with the fact that people were sinners very much except for maybe in the parking lot which was probably amplified there but um you know there i get to now now people know me more the propensity for hurt is deeper because these are people that share my life we share a meal together every week um they know about how i discipline my kids they know um they know how we treat one another and if somebody wants to dig at us or assume the worst well now they they know us well enough that they can hurt us more yeah i also Mm -hmm. think that um in the way that we are to be serving we we try to make it a place where people can express what their needs are so Mm -hmm. like you know one of my needs has been to really be discipled like to really learn Mm -hmm. the word and be able to come together be prayed for pray with Mm -hmm. and then really kind of dissect the word and have people really like engage with scripture and and i think that's where i was talking about different people like we're at different levels of sanctification some people are just getting used to reading the bible and others have been reading forever and know all the big words and theological concepts and whatever Mm -hmm. and so sometimes it's been you know kind of serving in that way where like my direct need hasn't been met but i can serve like i can kind of put that aside and wait i don't know Mm -hmm. but but also like we don't i don't think we want to make it sound like you know i was joking when i said suck it up but (laughs) like we really i i want there there needs to be an openness to be able to say like i i need this and i'm trying to figure out how to get it like we want to come together as a family and serve each other and be served in a way that honors God yeah. without being selfish and, you well, know. Scripture does say I'm, we're to bear one another's <clears throat> burdens. And mm-hmm. so that I, I I have to share my burden. I have to show up and say, this is my burden. Will you carry it with me? And that is a good thing. That's not selfish. That's that's mm-hmm. relying on your church family. And so we encourage that. Um, Do you yeah. think we struggled with this in the beginning? You mean with us being able to give our burdens to others? No, just all of it. Like... Yeah. Serving and expectations and cuz yeah. we're I I feel like we've changed mm-hmm. a lot and have gotten a lot more confident in what we're doing and what it looks like. We've also had a few seasons of 
or like almost like installments of people coming mm-hmm. and leaving. Yeah. And and so now when we get like a new couple or a new family or a new group, we can kind of like pr- almost predict like the things that may happen, you know, mm-hmm. just like people getting hurt, feelings hurt or having ex- whatever. Yeah. So, but back in the beginning, this would have been a much different podcast. <laughs> it would have been, yeah. Um, I'm glad we're doing mo- doing it more now. Yeah. Um, I think even in some of those early stages, what, what most people think of even as serving in the church, they think of function. They think of, I'm Clean. a volunteer in children's <laughs> ministry, or I'm going to be in charge of something. Yeah. And so, sometimes those are very selfish things. It's, I want the status of doing this thing. And in house church, there's not... It's not like your service is not necessarily in a titled role. And so one of the things that was really interesting is people would say, look how much I'm doing at times. And they were serving in functional roles that maybe made them feel like they had some power. Well, or I'm doing all this busy work. Yes. Maybe I don't have a title, but like I'm there four times a week and I'm cleaning the floors and setting up chairs and making all the food. Yeah. And I think that that um, that's not necessarily the type of servanthood that Jesus is talking about. It can be, but sometimes there's this desire for attention or desire for status, and that's not good. And um, so I would say, yeah, this looks different now because service now in our church looks like somebody calling somebody in the middle of the week and saying, like, "Hey, what you shared Sunday has been on my mind. I've been praying for you every day." It might be somebody stopping by and encouraging. It might be a hospital visit. Um, some of that servanthood does not isn't necessarily attached to a a visible role, and so much of it is left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. And and certainly some of it's happening on Sunday morning, where it's gift of encouragement, it's praying for one another. That's that's certainly there. But man, some of the most profound things nobody knows about, uh, other than the person who got blessed and the person who blessed and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, all this dealing with sinners, um, and, and not all sinners, but just brokenness sometimes. And we are sinners. We are sinners, yes. Um, when I say dealing with sinners. So we yes. have to deal with ourselves. Yes, we do. And people and have spouses. to deal with us. And our spouses, <laughs> yes. And people have to deal with us, and I, I make mistakes, and I fall on my sword. Um, like, what kind of mistakes do you make? Well, you know, I just give up too much of my time, and I just serve so much. I'm just kidding. Um, you no, know, we. Um, I think what I was wanted to make sure I'm, I was going to say is that like people see when I'm angry, people say see me. I mean, not that I fly off the handle angry, but they see me frustrated. I was just kidding. You don't have to confess on. Right, you know, thanks. the podcast. That's good. But I'm imperfect, and hopefully people see I know. it. People see my Trust weaknesses. Me. Yes, thanks. <laughs> um, I think the other, when we start talking about people being sinners, we're not just talking about human frailty. Like, sometimes and wickedness gets in there, where people are there to cause harm. And that that's also an issue. Which kind of leads me to my second thing, is that not many pastors, or even fathers in homes, have learned what it means to shepherd. And that shepherding involves protection. It involves discipline. doctrine being solid. It involves <laughs> discipline. And um, so many pastors are used to giving a sermon, maybe doing weddings, doing hospital visits, taking care of church business. And not that there's not some genuine shepherding that can happen in there, but a lot of pastors have not um, really learned how to engage with, with people at the deepest levels and even notice heart conditions and care about like, hey, I noticed the way you said this to your wife, man. Like, 
let's and, and pulling aside and dealing with that or when someone is hurting someone else and shepherd or protecting against false doctrine a lot of pastors have not been taught shepherding to the fullest extent especially as it relates to the house church where you really know people a lot of pastors haven't been exposed to that level of uh, of knowledge of people to be able to shepherd there and so you put a, a pastor in a house church now shepherding his shepherding game has to increase and and adapt and a lot of people haven't known how to do that i think it relates to authority like true mm-hmm. godly authority yeah. But it's also a very humbling place where you've got to be living above reproach and you've yes. got to be willing to be called out because if you're calling people out for their heart attitudes mm-hmm. and things like that, like you're going to have to have a pretty close walk with the Lord. Yeah. Um, so this isn't something that's easy by any means. And our families, this is where we're headed, like our families are not teaching how yeah. to do that. Like a yeah. lot of people don't have fathers who were modeling this and... Their yeah. fathers weren't modeling this, so it's yeah. it's well, very telling in our culture that this is an issue. This this comes to the whole issue of like you have to have been a, a a father has to be proven as a shepherd of his home before he can be an elder in a church. Well, most guys have not been shepherding their homes well. Uh, they've not been teaching scripture to their kids. They've not been guarding and protecting in every way that means. Um, but then that means that the guys that get made pastors sometimes. Sometimes they have been shepherding, but um, there's not a lot of them. And so sometimes these guys get made pastors that don't meet those qualifications. Or and maybe they meet them, but they've not been, again, taught, the, almost like given that mantle of like, yeah. you are qualified and this is what this means and this is what the job looks like. Well, like I see a lot yeah. of good men who are pastors, but no one's really, like I think this for you, like you've yeah. lived above reproach you've had godly men in your life but not someone who really came along and said like i believe in you this is what the bible says and this is what you're called to do it's kind of something you've like figured out and then have gathered men around you and asked for that and so it's well we've yeah in so many cases the pastoral role has been seen as more of a ceo role as we've talked about and so a lot of us that didn't want to be that because we knew there was that wasn't necessarily biblical then have gone too far the other side to where we haven't walked with our biblical authority and so there's an abdication sometimes of that leadership role and um, that's not good either and so getting back to here's what the word of God says and that like if I'm going to answer to God and that's the thing that keeps coming up I have to answer to God for the for the for the saints that have been entrusted to my my care well, man, I better be watching out for them. I, I want to, if they're straying off, I'm I'm calling them to repentance. And if they're in danger because of bad doctrine or something else, I'm going to talk to them about that. And, and I'm going to call out false teachers because there's this protection role um, and discipline role that's built into that. So, yeah, that's, I think that's another thing that becomes difficult for house churches is we don't have a lot of pastors that have been taught how to be pastors. Um, do we want to talk practically about how we're trying to do that more, like teaching yeah. men, families? Yeah. So one of the things we're doing, um, and we're we're learning some of this by God's grace. Like I was shepherded. I came in a home where my, I mean, my dad taught us the word, and it was good. Um, but uh, one of the things we're doing is we're recommending family worship. That in your home, you're doing almost a, a mini house church every day, if possible. And so around the dinner table or wherever it is that you get together and you maybe teach a catechism, 
you read from the Word of God, you sing a worship song, you pray. Um, you, usually it's scripture, prayer, and singing. And sometimes you might add in something else, but that's what we're going for. Did that feel super wonky and weird when you first started? Yes, it did. It felt really weird when we first started. Um, but we did it anyway, and then it kind of got to where it was like a rich, exciting thing that our family likes to do. Well, and our kids are young, so they think it's super fun. They think it's super fun. we let fun. them play instruments. Well, a lot of times, we'll, yeah, we'll, play, we'll let them play instruments. And What would you say of like teenagers with attitudes who are like, whatever, mom and dad? Like, um, what would you recommend well, for that? It helps if you've started it early with kids so that they, so that in their rebellious years, there is at least a pattern that they're used to. But I think I would also say, like, when you're in this house, you're going to eat this food, and you're going to have shelter, so, like, you're going to sit here while we do family worship. Yeah. And and the other thing, we don't we don't take a long time. It's not, when I say a mini service, like... We try to do it while they're eating. It's 10 minutes. Like, I'll do yeah. the reading while they're eating, because we do have really young ones that have a hard don't time sitting still. Don't very well. <laughs> and so I'm getting the reading in there, because uh, they can't talk then. And then, you know, catechism question right after sometimes. We do that at different times of the day sometimes. Well, and I've started playing, like I grew up playing piano. I'm not really great at it, but it's been fun to kind of like practice my chords or whatever. And then the kids all have little instruments that they've been playing around with. So like even, I have my old recorder from when I was in fourth grade. (laughs) And the kids have pulled that out. And so it could be a really neat way of if kids are experimenting Mm -hmm. with um, instruments or singing like that they get to practice but there is this vulnerability piece that mm-hmm. I think for me was a little awkward and I could feel that for, I could see other families mm-hmm. saying that too and I think the answer is just you've just, just got to try it. it and then it becomes well think about that that vulnerability there around your dinner table that's what teaches you to do the same thing in yeah. house church and so but it's, it's a little safer in the family it is a little I would hopefully. say hopefully so <laughs> But, like, the kids are learning how to sit. They're learning that they're a part of that family. Um, they're learning They're learning the word of God. There's all kinds of things that are not only super valuable there, but are helpful when we get together. Well, you and know. I've tried to record a couple of our family worships, and I'll have to find them. Um, I want to be really, really clear that they are not perfect little, oh, not at all. like, yeah. you know, Instagram-worthy. Uh, no. <laughs> They are loud. Sometimes we're yelling, shut up, we're reading the Bible. Yeah. You know, we're not always <laughs> we do acting that. super Christ like. I think you can even strike the sometimes, like almost every time <laughs> that that has to be said. But um, I, I, and I have to give credit to our, one of our house churches that we've joined with in the past year where they, like we went and visited their church a few weeks ago and their kids were like angels. And I think they would laugh if they heard me say that, but they've been demonstrating this probably even before we were really mm-hmm. doing it yeah and they they will swear up and down that it is because the families are prioritizing this daily in their homes and mm-hmm. that's why the church group comes together so well yeah and those kids sat and they're they're a little older they're like middle school uh, young you know late elementary um but they they sat they were memor- they knew catechisms catechisms better than the adults did Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, we spent more time on the kids' stuff in some ways than we did adults. And it was awesome, though. Yeah. And the was, adults were listening during that. Right. And they're still learning and being challenged. So, like, it was it was actually a testimony to me and very encouraging. Yeah. Well, and one thing I noticed, they've been doing it for a while. Their kids were just the next ages up right. from ours. And so... So we have hope. That helped, we have hope, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's one of the biggest things. I think we need to do a whole other episode on that sometime, but... Family worship might be the best thing to, well, just a healthy family, especially with family worship, 
best thing for house church because man if you can get your family healthy then that's gonna spill over into church and that's actually one of the things that i had on my list of things that make house church difficult is that there's not many homes people did not most people unfortunately did not grow up in healthy homes so when we say church is like family they're like yeah we don't want that they don't well yeah either they don't (laughs) want that or they don't have a framework of what a healthy family is to be able to even know how to behave and so then that means that has to be shepherded and taught by the elders by the other people in the church and that takes time and so it's also another reason discipleship is so important why discipleship? yeah one of the many like reasons I'm, yeah. I'm working with lots of women teaching them how to parent children how to talk to their husbands with respect mm-hmm. but clearly um i'm teaching you know in my work and counseling and yeah. stuff and i know you're doing the same thing so yeah it's very cyclical. Everything kind of goes together. Well, we were in a discipleship. I was in a discipleship meeting today with somebody that's like, we're trying to figure out the right way to discipline our child. And some of this is new. Like we haven't, you know, had to experience this in the same way. Um, so yeah, that stuff gets to be, and so then think about if somebody's coming to the table with an expectation of how stretch is going to be awesome. It's going to be just like this. And then we're dealing with kids running around and this person who's from a dysfunctional family and has tried to bring that function dysfunction into the house church unintentionally and then you've got this situation like it can now it's wonderful but it can be a mess especially in the early stages and so i'm thinking now about how we've we've maybe hit i'm just cautiously say like i don't even want to say a stride but things we, we've got a better understanding. Every new house church, we get a little bit better understanding of like, okay, here's a little thing that goes a little bit better now. Well, I'll um, also say, I think it's because we've found or we've retained and taught and ministered to people who really love the Lord with all their hearts. They're here for the right reasons, I believe. Yeah. So the other stuff is kind of secondary to that. Yeah. But the people who were not, and that, that may not be across the board. There are people who've walked away for other reasons, whatever, but some people, they weren't in it necessarily because they love yeah. the Lord, their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and wanted to really commit to yeah. that. So the, the growing pains and the family stuff tends to smooth over a yeah. little easier when you've got your eyes on Christ. Like this is it the does. reason we're together That's... and we love each other because of Christ. Yeah. And so we can, you know, that covers a multitude of sins. And exactly. Well, and then the longer, think about it, in the early stages, that's so difficult to get the discipleship going and all those kinds of things. Difficult is not the right word, but the, the house church doesn't immediately reflect long-term health yet. And so it's later on that comes, well, then once you've got that kind of, I don't know, for lack of a term, DNA in that, in that church, well, then it's easier to bring somebody in to adapt to that rather than when it's still unclear what this is. And so one of the things I say is like, just don't give it, like, just keep at it. How many times we almost quit because it was so hard and we're, we're six years in now and it's, I think it's worth it. It is. <laughs> you know? And I, I think for us too, we didn't have really anybody that we really knew really trusted some people, when I talk to, we talk to church planters, they, they have like another couple that's doing it with them or they've got a couple other couples and sometimes those have blown apart too. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, I would say to expect some of that, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that was really hard cause we were, we were loaning trust to people we really didn't know 
And, and even when we get into like policies and procedures and setting up some of those mm-hmm. systems and stuff, which is not always as clear with a house church, even though we are part of a denomination who lends us a lot of that stuff, that, that was just so hard. Yeah. And so I don't know, do you ever offer any help for people who are trying to, we do actually, <laughs> we have a lot of, us. <laughs> we have a, that's, that's part of what we have. We have a, a whole part of underground seminary where not only is there just raw training in there, that's helpful. But then we have interaction. Like I, I field calls often from other pastors, and everybody's coming from a different kind of background and a different idea of what they need to do. And so we'll we'll walk with people through it. Sometimes in in, in some occasions where we've we've grafted them in and we've provided elder oversight while they were raising up elders. Uh, other times we've just provided some help and coaching. And um, I serve on like planting boards for some house churches where I call in once a month and help walk them through their process is that another one of your 14 jobs that yeah I, I lost count <laughs> of how many things i have going on um but yeah a couple of other things that are just worth noting i think we've covered some of the more difficult things but you know what just finding living rooms the right size <laughs> just finding hosts people who are able to host that can be consistent and that genuinely can fit people in there because you start off with seven adults maybe more if they all have two if kids. they all have two kids <laughs> like it's before too long like you know so you almost you have to find a house that has like a living room or great room and uh, and i mean not that you can't do it in a smaller space but it's harder and yeah, so mm-hmm. even like the ability to he- even like the layout of a house like sometimes it's like hey well there's functionally room here but the the way this all plays out and sometimes just finding enough people that can host and then you start looking to plant and you're like we got all these people but and but there's we don't have a good next place for them to go and well and i think we've talked about the book organic church Mm -hmm. and i remember in that book it talks a little bit about like um well, do they? I think they call it simple church. It's not mm-hmm. just house church. And so, I mean, I like lo- I like the idea of having it in a house. But there's a lot of different ways to put this together. Yeah. Like I remember meeting at the park on Sunday mornings. We would go, and it was actually an outreach opportunity. We wanted to like mm-hmm. see people who weren't in church, you know, and connect with them and play with the, you know, how all the kids play together and all that. So I don't, I don't know. Obviously, that's not sustainable to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think. So yes, there's logistically some mm-hmm. issues, but there's a lot of variation. And then a lot of our churches rotate. I don't think we do this as much, but we used to rotate hosting quite often, like yeah. once a month to give hosts a break yeah. and things like that. So there's a lot of that, That's actually really, there. yeah. There's all kinds of different ways to do it. When it's nicer, yeah. we do more outside. I think with hosting, sometimes it helps when we've got one standard host. And mm-hmm. then about every third month, somebody else just gives them a break. Yeah. Um, that or having a place really in well. case people are you know, going out of town yeah. or something. So the other thing that's really hard, we've already talked about it, is just kids, especially young kids. And we, you roll with it and then you teach and you do the best. And sometimes that's really hard. Um, but yeah. all that said, I believe it's worth it. Like we wanted to have an episode where we're like, Hey, here's all the hard stuff. And it is, but, um, I have, I, I mean, today I had one, dis- one discipleship meeting with one guy, another one with a brand new believer, who's growing in the Lord daily. Um, I, you know, people in our church have met our needs and cared for us. People have known us in some really rough times and been there, wept with us. 
Well, and they love our kids. Like, yeah. I mean, we've had little kids. Our kids are getting a little older, and they're used to this now. But we had a baby in the middle of all of this. There, so, yeah. And I nursed her, so there was all of those yeah. issues. Um, we have a special needs son who really struggles to sit and be with the group, and he gets very overstimulated at times and has yeah. behavioral issues at times. And and I've seen people interact with him, pray for him, yeah. take him into another room to play with them, you know, like um, hold the babies, you people know, have, like... People and, are discipling our children And with people us. don't get to move into some of those difficult things when they don't know about them or when you're not living mm-hmm. life. And it really, we've talked about it being kind of like a family gathering. Like when you go to your extended family's Christmas get-togethers, what's happening? Usually, yeah. you know, grandparents are playing with the kids and aunts and uncles and whatever, and babies are being held, and nobody's getting naps, and yeah. <laughs> there's all those things. So, but we actually have a family who brings over a pack-and-play and, play and mm-hmm. puts it in our bedroom, and their kid takes a nap, and, you know, there's... It's really kind of amazing yeah. when you can let your guard down a little bit and build trusting relationships. Cool. Obviously, that takes a little bit of time, but... Yeah. It's absolutely worth it. Well, and, and what I'm noticing is that then we're teaching doctrine there. And the doctrine directly gets pulled into what's going on. We get to say, here's who God is. Here's what his word says. That applies here. And so the word of God seems to be uh, dwelling richly <laughs> among mm-hmm. us um, by, by God's grace. And, um, man, we're seeing just what's financially what it's allowing us to do through church planting and through international, like our little church that pulled in less than $100,000 last year total, and we're in four countries, and we're, we're seeing God do mighty things. People are coming to Christ. We see people genuinely change, not just fill out a card, and um, that's exciting. So more on that next week. Um, thank you guys very much for being with us, and we will talk to you soon. Anything else you want to add in? Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, we'll see you later. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the House Church Podcast. For more information, visit undergroundseminary.net. If you like this podcast, give us a review on iTunes.